Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Amen. Woo, glory. Well, let's go to Hebrews 11. And um, we want to continue with this that we started this morning. Faith that takes. Faith that takes. Now, I want to say something as we're getting into this. I know it sounds like I've had people tell me, you know, Pastor, when when you talk about giving and receiving, you get so passionate. I'm going to tell you why. I've been poor. Blessed is better. I'm serious. Amen. When, when, my wife, when my wife drove to Kansas City from Nashville, she drove in a car that she had to stop every 50 miles and fill the radiator up with fluid. It was a car that a guy gave us out of his junkyard. When she got here, she stayed in the KOA in a tent with our kids. I was back home working to get my final check back in Nashville because we didn't have no money. I didn't have any money to give her to come here on. She took the money out of her cleaning business that she had, saved it up, and came here. And when she got our apartment, she had no money left for anything. When I, when I talk to you about broke, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be repossessed. Amen. I know what it's like to go to the bank and try to open a checking account. God is my witness, and they laughed at me. Because they pulled up my credit, and it was that horrible. I could not get a checking account. For the first years of our marriage, our checking account was in my wife's name because I couldn't get one. I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to have one white shirt in my closet. No suits, just a white shirt and a pair of slacks and preaching the gospel. My wife caught me one night after church. She said, honey, she said, when you pray with people around the altar, don't kneel anymore. I said, why? She said, because we can see the holes in your shoes. Now, I'm passionate about it because I know what it's like not to be able to take care of my family. I wanted to. I was working every hour they would give me, and I couldn't get ahead. And when I got a hold of the, of the financial principles of the Word of God, my life changed for the better. So I've had people say, you know, well, you just act like you don't care what people think. I don't. I'm not going to be broke for anybody. I'm not going to have my family suffer for anybody. Amen. You see see what I'm saying? And, And when you make the determination, God is the total source of my supply. Everything changes. Everything changes. 
I would just as soon take a beating as to miss an opportunity to sow. Why? Because that's the answer. That's the answer. Oh, glory. Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we, we said this morning, I'm going to recap briefly, faith is the conviction of the truth of anything or being convinced that something is true. And I want to emphasize this for a few moments. Faith is a flow of confidence. This is so important. Because faith is a flow of confidence. When, when you're in faith, there's a confidence that accompanies it. I just know that I know. I'm confident in that. And in that flow of confidence is also a flow of joy and peace. Where confidence is, there's joy and peace. Where confidence is, there's a settled heart. Dr. Dufresne always would make this statement. He, he would say, a troubled heart is an unbelieving heart. If my heart is troubled, I'm not convinced. Amen. When, when for instance, notice over in... Uh, Second Peter, or First Peter, excuse me, chapter 5. I, I, I want you to see something here. Chapter 5, verse 7. He says, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. Now, very often, that, that, that scripture is quoted. And, you know, people talk about when you're worried, you got to cast your care. That's true. But think about this. Because we talked this morning about when, when, when did you receive? When what? The, the moment you said it, right? When you said, I have it, you received it. That, isn't that what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three? 23? Therefore I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he saith come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So that you got it when you believed you received it. When you said it. Right? So he says, casting all of your care upon him. Because he cares for you. Now what is that? An act of faith. By faith, I'm casting all of my care on you. And I'm confident that you're carrying it. Is that right? That's, that's a flow of confidence. Now faith is the substance of that. What is the substance of peace in your life? Faith. Now, it might take you a few minutes to do that. Or a little while longer. You might lay down on your bed at night and here comes the enemy starting with what are you going to do about this and what are you going to do about that and what about this and you got to do this and you got to do that. Listen, don't lay there and wrestle with those thoughts. Here's why the devil wins in the thought realm every time. Every time he wins, you don't fight those thoughts with thoughts. No, I cast that care on the Lord. And when he brings it back, you say, hey, 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 wait a minute. I have cast that onto the Lord. I'm not carrying that. That's not my concern anymore. 
That's not my business. Amen. Why? Because faith is of the same value as the thing you're believing for. And when you say, I have cast the care of that over on the Lord, now you've entered into that flow of confidence. Faith is not just believing something in spite of the circumstances. Faith is a spirit. It's a spirit of faith. And when you enter into the spirit of faith and you enter into the realm of faith, confidence accompanies that. And you know that you know that you know that you know that you have it. Amen. So you believe you receive when you said it. Hallelujah. Faith takes when it speaks. Say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe he shall have whatsoever he says. So faith takes. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, life and death is in the, the power of the tongue, the hand of the tongue. So you take with your words. You receive with your words. Amen. And it's, it's, not, just, it's not just that, that, that uh, negative and positive issue. Well, I wouldn't say anything negative. Well, but it's, it, that's not the point. What are you saying, period? Because I believe I received when I said it. So we said this morning, you don't have it when you see the physical manifestation. You have it when you said you received it. Now that is one of the elementary principles of faith, but that's where a lot of people miss it. The enemy is constantly fighting to get you to let go of your faith. To get you to lay down your confidence. We started going there this morning. I didn't get there. To, to get you to lay down your confidence. If the enemy can't get you over into, into wrong doctrine, he'll push you into extremism. He'll push you into to effervescence. If he can't get you to let go of the word, he'll try to get you out past your faith. Amen. Do you see this? That's just as dangerous as not believing. Out past your faith. You know where your faith is. Or you should. Amen. Remember I taught for how long? Faith is honest. There's, there's times you just got to look and say, okay, I'm not there yet. That's okay. Faith is progressive. You're growing in it. Exceedingly growing faith. Right? Say out loud. I have exceedingly growing faith. So my faith is growing. So my faith will eventually grow to the point to match up to this thing. It may not be there yet. Don't let the devil push you in out over your head. I was, I was uh, seeking the Lord about some things today and, and uh, talking to him about some, some different issues. And he was talking to me about the flow that we've entered into. And, you know, there, there was a time we were in the hundreds flow. I mean, where the ministry is concerned. Uh, well, then we entered into the thousands flow. 
Well, now we're in the hundred thousands flow. But now he's telling us to enter into the million flow. Because the things he's coming and asking me to believe for now are millions. Now, here, here's the thing. Faith is not foolish. If you talk to some people, they'll lead you to believe that they can just believe for anything. Well, you can believe for anything eventually, but you may not be able to believe for anything right now. Well, nothing's impossible for God. That's exactly right. We talked about that this morning. But why would your faith need to grow if the measure you if the measure you had when you were born again, if it was sufficient, why would you need more faith to come and why would faith need to grow? If one size fit all. You do know one size doesn't fit all. They say one size fits all, but you can see somebody wearing one of them one size fits all and it don't fit. Exactly. Hallelujah. Faith is not one size fits all. It has to grow. Where, where, where you were in that level of saving faith, God was able to work to an extent. But then God started, wasn't it great to get saved? Man, the freedom, the peace that you had. But, but how many know eventually the enemy wanted to start challenging your salvation? Anybody besides me? He started trying to get you to question. What would you have to do? You had to build your faith to answer that accusation. Amen. You had to learn to say what? Why well, I am too saved. Right? Or whatever. And, and then what happened then? Then it come time to have faith to be filled with the Holy Ghost. With evidence of speaking in other tongues. You had, you had to hear the word about that. And you had to see, that's for me. Well, what happened when you said, that's for me? Faith came for you to receive it. Then you had to work on what? Being, being having faith to be healed. Right? Amen. How many, how many were, random, were, were, were regularly sick before you got a hold of the word of God? But you got a hold of the word of God and what happened? Your sick days were over. Why? Because you got a hold of the word and you built your faith where getting healed was concerned. Right? And what started happening? When the symptom would come on you, you were confident that it didn't have a right to be there. That you were the healed of the Lord. Right? And then you had to build your faith where your finances were concerned. Whew! Amen. And then, then you got confidence about that. And then if you were single, you had to build your faith for a mate. That's the that's process some of y'all are in right now. Amen. That's a good process. But you're using your faith. And faith always brings the best to you. Amen. But, but my point is confidence. Faith. Uh, Lord, help me say this right. Faith doesn't drive. Faith prompts. But faith doesn't drive. If you are being driven, that's the devil. 
not faith. Faith will not lead you somewhere that faith knows you're not ready for. Oh, this is important. Because the, the, the devil drives. Hear me when I say this, and hear my heart. You don't have to make a decision about anything. I've had people tell me, you, we got to decide today. <laughs> no, we don't. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, I want you to go look at the papers of this ministry and tell me who is the pastor? Who is the founder? <laughs> we don't have to make a decision today or tomorrow or next week. Amen. When, when do you make a decision? When you've arrived at confidence. When you've arrived at confidence. Oh, hallelujah. What is your level of confidence? Faith is the substance, the conviction that something's true. And if you're constantly being driven, it's the enemy trying to get you to make a decision that's outside of faith. It's outside the sphere of faith. Amen. So Jesus said that you believe you receive, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, believe you have received when you pray. But now, think, now remember that. When do you believe you received? When you took it with your words. I have what I say. And then when you approach prayer, you're praying having believed you received. That's confidence. Say out loud, I believe I have received. Now think about that for a moment. I used this illustration this morning. So the Bible says in the book of James that when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Now think about this for a moment. So what happens if it doesn't feel like he did? Now, I know the pat answer is, well, but you know, by faith he did. I understand that, and, and you're right to an extent. But, but, but now think about this. Think about this. What are, you always, what are you always doing with the enemy? You're taking him back to the word. Right? I've talked to people before, and they say, well, you know, but... Didn't, didn't seem like anything changed. Yeah, but what did the Word say? See, what are you confident in? If the Bible says he would flee, then he fled. Is that right? Yeah, but no, 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 no. See, see that's where people get in a mistake where faith is concerned. The joy and the peace that are part of believing very often don't show up because someone doesn't maintain their confidence. In the Bible, it's called the stand of faith, the fight of faith, right? It's not a stand for faith or a fight for faith. It's a stand of faith and a fight of faith. 
In other words, the enemy's always fighting to get you to let go of your faith, and you're fighting to hold on to your confidence. Amen. So, when you say, I resisted the devil, and he fled from me, well, what do you think the devil's going to do? He's going to try to convince you that he didn't. But did he? Yeah, had to, because the Bible says he did. The, 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 the apostle Peter wrote, and he said, he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, roameth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist? Steadfastly. Oh, there's a word. Steadfastly. Stead, not once. Not twice, regularly. Every time he comes your way, you resist him. How? In the faith. In the faith. You meet him with faith. Amen. Now, while that sounds elementary, that's where a lot of people miss it. Well, how often do I have to resist? However many times he comes around. Well, will he ever quit coming around? Never. Never. Because that, that's his mode of operation. But if, you, if you're determined to answer with faith every time, there's, there's no loophole. There's no open door. Amen. So you believe you received when you prayed. You received, you took it when you said it. Amen. Now let's look at Hebrews 10. And, and we'll get into the last part of this. Faith is a flow of confidence. Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence or your faith, which hath great recompense of reward. So notice something, that the reward is tied to your faith. When you let go of faith, you let go of the reward. Amen. When, when you speak words of faith, when you say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Right? Those words connect you to healing. Healing is now on the other end of what you said. Now your testimony is, I'm healed. Right? How does it, what does the Bible say in the book of Revelation chapter 11? It says, they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, wait a minute. What is a testimony? Something that, that has happened. Now, what has happened when you take your healing? When you say, uh-oh, with his stripes, I am healed. What are you doing? You're testifying that you're healed. My words of faith have connected me to my healing. Now, now watch. Here's what's going to happen. That physical manifestation is going to show up 
if you don't let go of your confidence. Because he said the confidence is what has the great recompense of reward. The reward is on the other end of my faith. Well, I need it to hurry up and get here. Then you need to talk about it more. The Lord said to Charles Capps one time, he said, confession is to your faith what thrust is to a jet engine. In other words, the more in a jet engine, the more throttle you give it, the more thrust you give it, the faster you're going to go. The more you're confessing, the faster it's going to show up. Amen. Well, how many times do I have to say it? That's the wrong mindset. The more you say it, the faster it shows up. And notice what he says here. He says, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Is that what it says? Well, the will of God, where faith is concerned, is believe and speak. And what he said the result would be, you will receive the promise. Is that right? Amen. That's the answer when the enemy comes and starts saying, when's it going to happen? What do you mean? I've already received it. See, that, that, the enemy doesn't understand faith because he's moved by what he sees currently. And he will always come and talk to you about what you don't currently have physically. But then you respond with, oh, I received that last month. See, when did you receive it? When you said it. The time of rejoicing is when you said it. Not when you physically held it. Anybody can rejoice when the delivery man brings the package. But faith is evidenced by your rejoicing before you ever see it in the natural. The problem with the children of Israel is they would never rejoice until they saw something in the natural. They would never believe God until they saw something in the natural. The book of Psalm 78, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, tells us that, that what got them in trouble was unbelief. They would not mix faith with what they heard. Amen. Do you see this? You received it when you said it. So what happened when I said it? Faith hooked onto something. What did it hook onto? What I said. Amen. So, so, so here, listen. So you believe that the promise is unto you and unto your children. You believe that all of your children are saved. Is that right? Is that right? Well, then you might look and you might see evidence in the natural that they're not saved. Now here's your option. Cast away your confidence or believe you have received their salvation. 
Yeah, but they have a choice, Pastor. Right, they do have a choice. But their choice doesn't alter what I believe. Amen. Doesn't alter what I believe. And I believe that the promise is unto me and unto my children. Well, I'm believing for my son, but boy, he's sure not acting. Okay, wait a minute. There's not a verse that says that. I'm believing, but they're acting. <laughs> right? So what, what are you doing? You're reeling that in. Every time you say, no, 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 devil. My, my children are saved and serving God. They are following the plan of God for their life. You're staying hooked. I said, you're staying hooked. Amen. Amen. See, you, sometimes you got to pull that faith rope and you feel the tension on it. You're hooked. Just keep pulling. Just keep pulling. Amen. He also said in another place, he said, be followers of those who through faith and patience have received the promise. Look for people that have received and follow them. They, they can show you how to receive. They'll teach you how to receive. I'm telling you tonight that the enemy will keep trying to tell you it didn't happen. You're supposed to pull on the faith rope and you feel the tension in it. You got it. I got it. Amen. Well, you're not debt free. Look at all the bills you have. Oh, come on, Mr. Devil. I received my debt freedom six months ago. Yeah, but you still have bills. Well, that has nothing to do with it. I, I, I believe I received my debts paid in the name of Jesus. I believe I received that six months ago. And, and let me just remind you that Jesus said, if I speak to the mountain, the mountain would obey me. And not only did I, out, not only did I believe I received, I spoke to those debts and I told them to dematerialize, to dissipate, to be gone in Jesus' name. So that's what happened. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't cast away therefore your confidence. One translation says don't drop that confidence of yours. So if you won't drop your faith, faith won't fail. Amen. The enemy has to get you to let go of your faith. Amen. Yeah, but you know I'm holding on the best I can. That's the problem. You're supposed to let faith hold you. I'm resting in the promise. I'm resting in the promise. Now, you've you got to be aware. There, there are principles. There are uh, things, there are statements that we make about faith. And that's why I keep saying, faith is honest. When I, when I hear something about faith, for instance, when I hear somebody preach on, you'll have what you say. I never just sit there and listen to that like, yeah, I'll have what I say. I mean, you know how many times I've heard that? I remind myself, hey, you will have what you say. You will have what you say. You know, I don't say things like this a lot. I've been living this way for 30 years. 
I'm telling you, it works. It works. You understand? It's, it's, it's not just something that I heard somebody else say. It's something that I decided, no, wait a minute. When I, when I found that, that little magazine by Charles Capps, and, and, and the series was available, Faith, Law, the New Covenant, and one of the first things that he taught in there, one of the first statements that he made on that series was your biggest problem is an inch below your nose. And he talked about just, you know, people running around saying, I'm just dying to go, can't wait to get there, just tickled me to death. And he said, if Jesus came into most churches and said, you know, in the next five minutes, you know, uh, 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 I'm going to give you whatever you say. He said, we'd have to have a mass burial because most of them would say, well, that just tickles me to death. Man, that impacted me because I recognized something. You go to God one minute and you say, oh, God, I need your help. Lord, help us with this financial need. And then, you know, then out of the other side of your mouth, well, dear God, we just can't catch a break. We just can't get ahead no matter what we do. In prayer, I'm asking God to help me. Faith hooks up. Then I walk out of the prayer room or I walk out of the, uh, the bedroom and I look at my wife and I say, dear God, we're in the red. We just can't catch a break. I cast away my confidence. You understand? You can't say, I can do all things through Christ, and then walk in the other room and say, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, Pastor, that's a negative confession. No, that's a faith killer. Whatever you have said in faith, let it stay said. Don't, don't counteract, don't countermand what you said about what God said. Amen. Well, you know, I know you were having trouble with your son or your daughter. How are they doing? Uh-oh, faith test. Well, what would you say, Pastor? I would say, my children are following the plan of God for their life. I told you this story, but this is, this is six days of faith, so I'll tell it again. I had a family member one time. They asked me about another family member, and they said, how's so-and-so doing? I said, they're following the plan of God for their life. And they looked at me, and they got this real, you know, studious concern look on their face. And they said, now look, I know what you believe, and you're keeping a positive word, but tell me the truth. How are they doing? I couldn't resist. I bowed my head. I said, okay, I'll tell you the truth. They said, they got this, you know, this look like. And I said, they're following the plan of God for their life. Say, what'd they do? Oh, you just won't tell the truth. Now, there's some people that you just can't look at them and go, well, you don't understand that is the truth. Because truth to them is tied to what they can see and feel and experience. The very truth that you believe that saved your soul was not something you could see or feel or touch or handle. If you didn't get saved by faith, you didn't get saved. If you didn't take it by faith, you're not saved tonight. 
Amen. And it may or may not have been accompanied with fireworks and tears and a good feeling. You might have gotten saved and there were no tears and no fireworks. Amen. But did you, are you any less saved? Nope, because I took it by faith. There's no guarantee in the Bible that your faith will be accompanied by a feeling. But you are guaranteed that you will see what you take by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith doesn't fail. The devil's got to get you to let go of it. Notice Romans 4. Amen. Hallelujah. See, say this with me. Say, I'm abundantly supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. Say it again. I'm abundantly supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. Now that's it. That's how you answer lack. Oh, no, I'm abundantly supplied. See, okay, I'm, I'm early yet. Listen, when the enemy comes, how's he come and talk to you? Well, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. Am I the only one he's ever talked to that way? I mean, God can just bless you, show you favor, show, right? And then the enemy will come and say, well, you'll never be able to keep it. Am I right? What, you're starting a business? You don't have a business mind. What do you know about business? Now, the sad truth of it is many believers fall into that. Yeah, yeah you know, that is right. And then they'll go talk to their, their spouse. Well, honey, you know, I, I mean, I don't know anything about business. What are we thinking trying to start a business? What are we thinking trying to push into that new house? I don't make that kind of money. And God's already made a way. I've, I've watched people in the house and talk about, hope we can hang on to it. Dear God, foreclosure's coming. Well, Pastor, that's kind of harsh. If you're, in, if you're in a house God gave you and you're talking about hoping you can hang on to it, you've exchanged faith for hope. Hope is not a good receiver. Hope is a picture. Hope is what prompted you to attach your faith to that. If faith got you in the house, faith will keep you in the house. Glory to God. So here's my point. When the enemy comes and says, you'll never be able to hold on to that. You'll never be able to pay your bills. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank God. I've given, therefore it's given unto me. There is no lack. I'm fully supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. Amen. Mr. Devil, I always have more than enough. I abound unto every good work. Now there again, see, people will say, yep, yep, that's a good confession. We're not talking about good confession. We're talking about you answering those things that the enemy's trying to get you to throw your faith away over. Amen. What, what God gives you by faith You'll keep by faith. You'll keep it up by faith. You'll maintenance it by faith. You ought to walk around your house talking about how precious it is. How well supplied it is. 
Amen. Amen. When you move in your house, you may not have pictures for the walls, but you need to be talking about how your, church, your house is filled with all pleasant and precious riches. Because the Bible says there are treasures to be desired in the house of the righteous. Amen. Amen. Do, do you see that? And, 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 and the enemy will come and talk to you. Well, yeah, you're in the house, but you don't even have anything for the walls. Oh, Mr. Devil, you ought to see the pictures I got coming. You ought to see, right? You ought to see the end tables I got. I laid hold of them by faith. And describe them to him. Oh, they're pretty. They're oak. Oh, my goodness, they got nice engravings on it. And there's two of them, one for each side of the bed. Oh, my goodness, I got, I got big area rugs for my house. Nice area rugs. You ought to see them. Describe them to him. They have this design. They're colored this way. Pastor, you do that? Yes, sir. Amen. Why? Because that faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. If you don't have a picture of what you want, you have nothing to attach your faith to. And if you don't have a picture, the enemy can rob you before you ever get it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Are, are, are you following me? Amen. Well, here you are believing for a new vehicle. You can't even afford gas for a vehicle, let alone a new vehicle. Oh, let me tell you, Mr. Devil, the book of Psalms says I'll ride prosperously. Amen. You know, the world talks about riding dirty. We're riding prosperously. We ride prosperously. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what kind of car I can, can I have? Any kind of car that you can attach your faith to. God doesn't look and see the name. And tell you now, uh, uh, Jamie, you can believe for a Chevy. But not a BMW. Just... That's all right. New Chevy's fine, not a BMW. You might say, well, I want a Chevy instead of a BMW. Well, that's up to you. But here's the point. I'm trying to explain to you that God won't say that. So when you put your faith out there for something that's beyond what you've ever believed for, you can count on the enemy coming and saying, who do you think you are believing for that? You can't even put gas in your Toyota. What do you answer? I'm abundantly supplied. I'm completely filled. I am rich, rich, rich. Whatever God makes a way for me to get, God will sustain. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I use that faith. I use that faith where my clothes are concerned. I told the Lord, if I'm going to be up in front of people all the time, I need good clothes. I need to be able to wear a different suit every day of the week and a different tie and a different shirt. Somebody shouted. Who shouted about that? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Glory to God. If He can clothe every believer with a robe of righteousness, then He can clothe me with a different suit for every day of the week. Amen. Well, it's not that important. Not to you because you're not up in front of people every, day, every week. It's important to me. 
And I, I learned, I've learned the secret. I learned this boy right here is good ground. I am wearing suits today that I know were a harvest off what I gave him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. I'm just blessed at my age that a guy half my age can fit in my clothes. Amen. Hallelujah. He says he's blessed too. Now, am I helping you with this? Because the enemy is trying to get you to let go of it. It's not just about things. But what's wrong with you living where God wants you to live? What's wrong with you driving what God wants you to drive? What's wrong with you having more than enough in your pocket to be a blessing to other people whenever you feel like it? Absolutely nothing. What's the enemy trying to do? Get you to let go of it. Get you to let go of your debt freedom. Amen. You know, there are, th there are things that have come up in our life financially that would have been a really big hindrance to us if we hadn't been debt free. The Lord told Jerry, the Lord, Brother Jerry asked the Lord one time, he said, Lord, why is it so important that my ministry and myself, that we're debt free? And the Lord said, because then everything you have is a potential seed. Right? Hallelujah. Now, why would you want to attach your faith to debt freedom? Think of what you could do with no debt. If you want to be debt free, don't let go. And when the enemy says, well, you'll never be debt free. Oh, Mr. Devil, I receive my debt freedom whenever you believe for it. The Bible says, keep out of debt and owe no man anything. I'm just doing what the word says. I'm not telling you debt's a sin. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Mr. Devil, the Bible says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower servant to the lender. I'm only the servant of one person, and that's God Almighty. Hallelujah. Yeah, but, 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 but look, you got $110,000 worth of debt. Oh, I am fully supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. I got that right here in my jeans. Praise God. See? That's not letting go of your confidence. Faith is not phony. Faith doesn't put on airs. When you, have, when you run around, with, when you talk to people and they got to talk to you about how much faith they have, chances are they don't have any. Let me go over here. If somebody's got to always tell you how much faith they have, chances are they don't have any. You follow me? Amen. Hallelujah. Faith is not phony. Faith doesn't put on airs. Faith doesn't make statements that try to prove how full of faith they are. Faith is what you live. I'm talking about attaching your faith for different things. Things are not evidence that you have faith. I know people that have things, but they didn't get them by faith. They got them through deals. Amen. You know, the car dealership will give you a car just because you qualify on paper. Doesn't mean you can afford it. If you get something you can't afford, 
and then come talk about how God did that for you. No, He didn't. God will give you something maybe you don't qualify for, but He'll make sure you can afford it. Amen. Amen. Romans 4 and 18. Concerning Abraham, it says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was noticed, spoken, so shall your seed be. Well, when did he speak that to him? Genesis 17. I have made you a father of many nations. Now notice, but there's a stand here. Against hope. Against natural hope. Why, there was no natural hope. Abraham's 99 years old. Sarah's 90. Sarah has not been able to have children ever. When they got married, she was barren. That's what the Bible says. Now, Abraham is 99 years of age. God made him a promise at 75. We know there was hope then, naturally, because he had a child with Hagar. But now, the Bible says there's no hope. But now watch. Against hope, believed in hope, right? Against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. According to what was spoken. So shall your seed be. Against natural human hope. Against natural human hope. Abraham believed faith, had faith in the picture God gave him. Now grasp the understanding here. You got an old man. Almost 100 years old. Isaac was born when Abraham was 100. Think of the picture. What's the picture? Old man, can't have children. But what did he believe in? The picture God gave him. What was the picture God gave him based on? What was spoken. Now why in Genesis 17 then did God change his name? Abraham needed a testimony of what he believed. Every time he said, I'm Abraham, I'm the father of many nations. That was a testimony of what he believed. Every time you say, I'm the healed of the Lord, that's testifying to what you believe. Yeah, but I don't look any better. So you are following in the footsteps of your father Abraham, and against natural hope, you're believing in Bible hope. Doesn't change. This this is over 4,000 years ago. And it still works this way. If you're going to believe by faith, if you're going to operate by faith, you're going to do it in the face of a picture that very often looks contrary to what you want. But yet it doesn't change what you believe. I said it this morning. There are times you're going to have to tell the devil, look, devil, I'm not changing what I believe. I'm not changing my confession. Amen. You never change what you are saying because of the attack you're experiencing. 
Amen. Well, you better cast those thoughts down. I did. And they came back. Wait a minute. You're changing what you believe. You're changing what you say because of what you're experiencing. There's not one scripture that says the enemy won't launch another attack. When you cast down an imagination, there's not one scripture that says he won't bring another one. What Brother Hagin used to say, if you're prepared to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. In this church, in this fellowship, we're developing believers that stand in the face of adverse circumstances and always overcome. I'm telling you, we are developing in you a stalwartness that you will not just not give up. You will stand against anything and always win. Now, I've had people say, nobody always wins. Okay, hide and watch. We always win. We always win. You need need to let the devil know that right now. Say, devil, I always win. Tell him again. Say, devil. I always win. win. Say, where my children are concerned, concerned, I win. I win. I win. win. They are saved. They are are healed. They are are whole. They are are full of the Spirit of God. They're fulfilling the plan of God for their life. And did I remind you that I win? Hallelujah. 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 Well, what do I do if he starts talking again? Say, uh, 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 <clears throat> Mr. Devil, I need to remind you that I win. Well, do I go over it again? You go over it as often as you have to until you shut his mouth. Don't stop till he is shut up. Don't go to bed with him still talking. Shut him up. What if it takes an hour? Who cares? What if it takes two hours? I I repeat, who cares? Amen. What if it takes three hours? Ditto. Don't go to bed with him talking. Don't leave the room with him talking. Because why? You'll come back in that room and he'll still be talking. Shut him up. How do you shut him up? The word. Amen. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? I, 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 I need to get done. But this is so important. Amen. You're, you're saying what you believe. Ever what it may be. Hallelujah. Well, I did that, but it didn't work. No, 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 no. That's not, no, that, no, 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 no. The, the Bible said it did work. What did Abraham believe according to? What was spoken. What was spoken over him? I have made you a father of many nations. So at a hundred years old, and the picture would try to be painted, you're not, this is not going to happen. It says that Abraham believed in hope according to that which was spoken. So the picture that he was seeing in his spirit, in his inner consciousness, was this picture of a man that was capable of having a child at a hundred years old. Nothing, nothing except you casting away your confidence can stop you from receiving what you're believing God for. Nothing. 
Nothing. It's an impossibility. Amen. Now notice the next verse up, Romans 4.17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Genesis 17.5. Now notice how often. Romans 4 is the period of that, that nine-month period. Romans 4 fills in the blank of that year after God said, I have made you a father of many nations. We don't, we don't see anything in Genesis until the baby's born. Romans 4 fills in and tells you how he did it. And notice how many times it says, according to that which was written. Verse 17, as it is written. I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. This is when Abraham received the promise. When what? When he called those things that were not as though they were. Well, when did he do that? Every time he said, I'm Abraham. He called those things that be not as though they were. That became his testimony. When you run into to certain believers, you can locate them and understand exactly where they are, where their faith is concerned, by what they're testifying. And what they're expecting, what they're believing, what, what they're looking for, what they're attached to. Amen. I'll run into preachers and they'll make statements like, well, how goes the fight? What fight? I don't know what you're talking about. I'll run into people and they'll say, well, you know, uh, uh, and, and, and they'll make statements about their ministry. And, and then they'll say, you know how it is. And I'll go, oh, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I've had ministers say, I just don't know what to do. Why would you ever say you don't know what to do? Why would you ever say that? Well, it's true. I don't know what to do. Yeah, but the Bible says Jesus has been made unto you wisdom. James chapter 1 says, if you lack wisdom, ask the giving God that gives to all men liberally, and it will be given unto you, and he will not upbraid you. So, so why would you live a life saying you don't know what to do when the Bible says you can ask for wisdom and it will be given? So if you don't have knowledge of what to do, why don't you answer the devil with this? He says, you don't know what to do. You don't have any idea what to do. Oh, Mr. Devil, I have asked for wisdom, and when I ask, it was granted to me. I have perfect operating knowledge of every situation and circumstance that I encounter. Amen. Amen. Well, I just feel like I'm lying. So you feel like you're lying saying what God said. If you're wrong saying what God said, what are you saying what the devil said? The devil's the one that said you're sick. The devil's the one that said your family will never be saved. How many times has he come to you and said, you don't know what to do? You're out there making all kinds of plans and you don't know what to do. You're up there telling people they've moved into the big and there's a shift and you don't, you don't, you don't know. There, there are things that there are things, there are things that you're, and he'll bring this up. There are things you're believing for. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we do. We believe. We believe and speak. 
Amen? Abraham, this is when he received. When he called those things that be not as though they were. One translation says this. That God speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. What does that mean? That's how faith talks. Faith doesn't say, I'm going to be healed. Faith says, I am healed. Faith doesn't say, I will be blessed. Faith says, I am blessed. With as much certainty as though they were already passed. Faith talks with as much certainty as if you've already held it. Amen. I'm telling you, we're going to stay on this road to Revelation all week. Amen. And here's what I tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. By the time we're done, you're going to go grizzly hunting with a switch. And, and I'll say something. And, 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 and the Lord has not had me be this bold in a long time. I could care less what anybody thinks. I could care less what anybody thinks. I could, I could care less. I, I am not interested in, in people that are trying to prove how spiritual they are and they have their super spiritual ideas. James said this, if you got faith, show me. Don't talk about faith. Show me your faith. That's what we're moving into. We're not talking it. We're showing it. Amen. We're not talking it. We're showing it. Glory to God. After this, after this point right here, all that was left is the birth of Isaac. That's it. He's got it. I said he's got it. Because that became his testimony. Hallelujah. When you say I'm abundantly supplied, completely filled, rich, 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 that's your testimony. You ought to talk about yourself that way. Amen. I am Aaron out of debt, Harper. You'd say that? Oh, yeah. When we were coming out of debt, I'd walk around singing that all the time. I'm out of debt. My needs are met. Got plenty more to put in store. Just call me out of debt steal. Amen. 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 I am Bill W. Healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. I live at 123 paid off Smith Street. Amen. Oh, yeah, that's what we do. We pull up and we say, praise God, look there. There's, one, there's, there's 106 paid for Ponca. You say, well, what's going to happen? No, it's going to be paid for. Paid off. Paid off. Paid off. Paid off. You, you don't just go to the, the car store, the car lot, and claim a car without a testimony to back it. That's where people mess up. Well, I went to the car lot and I claimed that car. You claimed it in what? Faith or lust? If it's in faith, you got something to back what you're doing. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm believing God for this. Oh, hallelujah. You, you see what I'm saying? You got to talk about those kind of things. Talk about yourself like a businessman. 
Talk about yourself like somebody that understands uh, 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 market trends and somebody that understands things. Don't run around talking about how you don't understand investments and you'd, you, you would like, right? You'd like to invest some money, but a- after all, what do you expect? I don't know nothing. Ho, ho, ho. It's not funny. You're compounding ignorance. When you have the ability to say, I have a working knowledge of all things. And what God will do is He will lead you, because that's your confession, He will lead you to people that know what you need to know that will help you do it. But you can't be led to people that can help you if you're constantly talking about how you don't have any knowledge. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know anything about running a business. Okay, prepare to fail. Hallelujah. What, what, what did the Bible say? He has given me the tongue of the learned. He awakens me morning by morning. Is that what it says? He's anointed me with the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Is that what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah? That's what it says. You need to ask. I, I talk about myself that way all the time. I have the tongue of the learned. When I talk to people, I can explain myself. Amen. I have a spirit of wisdom and understanding. I can sit sit with the elders of the land and feel comfortable in their presence because you have made my name great. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, why is that important? I'm a pastor. My name needs to be great. To do great things, people got to pay attention to you. And you'd be surprised the places I go and people go, what's your name? I say, Philip Silly, I've heard of you. <laughs> I know. My name's great. Amen. Amen. I'll be at ministers' conferences and people come up to me and go, uh, are, do you, you pastor that church in Kansas and one in Arkansas? Yeah. I watch you all the time. Hallelujah. I, was, I, went, to, I went to Brother Copeland's ministers' conference and it was, it was actually the first year that Ron and Jim uh, were there. I was unloading all the, the product because they weren't helping. And uh, in any event, <laughs> they weren't there yet. Uh, well, they're rarely there. But anyway, the, the, <laughs> the point is, y'all better counteract that. The point is, <laughs> I'm a sound mind. The, the point is, is I, I'm, I'm rolling the product in. I was, I was there before everybody. And this guy, I, walk, I, drew, I pulled this product by this guy, and I saw him do a double take, and he ran out of the room. And so I'm in there working, and I'm coming back out the door, and he came running back in the room. He goes, oh, hang on, hang on, and he puts a check in my hand. Well, thank God, give, and it'll be given unto you. Right? But then he says this to me. He says, I could not wait to sow a seed. I watch your ministry all the time, and you bless my family so much. I had to sow a seed in your ministry. I didn't know the guy from Adam. But I'm constantly saying, my name is great. I constantly say that. When I talk about me and my wife, I say, Father, you said in the book of Proverbs, he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. I said, Lord, you hooked us up with our pastor, and you asked us to serve him. And because of that, Lord, you promised to honor us. 
Now, we're not doing it because we, you, we want you to honor us, but you made a promise to us that if we would do it, you would honor us. Now, see, if you work in the church, that's what you need to say. Father, I put your house first. I put the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ first. I, Father, you will honor me because of that. Amen. But there are people that come and sing, not y'all, but people that come to churches and sing and play instruments and then walk out and talk about how nobody cares about them. Nobody thinks anything of me. Huh. You could be walking out saying, Lord, thank God I got to play an instrument today and Lord, you're going to honor me. Thank you, Father. Amen. Don't let tonight or any other night Go past that you're not putting your head on your pillow and telling God how much you believe that He's prospering you and blessing you and honoring you. Every night when I go to bed, I say, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. I receive your plan for my life. I receive for your plan for my life by faith. I receive your plan for my life, nothing wavering. I receive your plan for my life, sight unseen. Every night of the world, I say that. Amen. And I wake up in the morning and I receive the plan of God. I receive it by faith. I receive it nothing wavering. I receive it sight unseen. I don't need to see it. I receive it. Amen. Amen. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. So your financial abundance is on the other end of your faith. And, and, and here's what I want you to do. Now, now you do it however you want to do it. But I'll, I'll do this every now and then. And I don't do it, you know, in public. <laughs> People think you're weird. <laughs> but, you know, I'll be sitting in my office. And the, and, and the enemy doesn't even have to start. You know, a thought might come into my mind. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll physically do this. I'll go, <laughs> yeah, you're still hooked. Try it. What you're believing God for, try it. Pull on the rope right now. Is it hooked? Pull it. Is it hooked? Say it out loud. Say, still hooked. It's coming my way. It's coming my way. It's coming my way. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, oh Lord, I'm closing. But the Lord's really had your children on my heart a lot. And, and I'm telling you, what you have been believing God for, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Hallelujah. And, and I'll, I'll even go a step further. If nobody else in your life is praying for your kids, I'm praying for your kids. There's not a day of a week that goes by that I don't declare over your children and over your family Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1. I am constantly declaring over your family that the spirit of wisdom and understanding is given to them, that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened, that they are walking in the perfect will of God. And they have all understanding and spiritual comprehension. Amen. I'm, I'm saying that for a reason. So you got a faith buddy. I'm on the other end. I'm pulling with you. 
Hallelujah. And if you knew how tenacious I was, you'd know how, how certain it is that we're going to win. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because I won't give up. I know you won't give up. And this is our week to change some things. Change some things. You know, I looked at your son the other night. And uh, he was out joking with me in, in, the, in the parking lot, you know, put some kind of zap on me or something, you know. But you know, I noticed his beard. And I looked at him, he looked like a young man, right? Isn't that something? <laughs> I thought this all week. The out, outward maturity is a reflection of the inward maturity. And I don't, I, Dave and Michelle, I don't know what God's been talking to you guys about. I haven't talked to you about it. But I'm telling you, we're close. We're close. We are close. And, and here's how the Lord told me to say it. I don't know, when I say close, I don't know what that means to you. But I know what, what the Lord's saying is what it means to you, you're close to it. You're close to it. Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen talked about a, a young lady that went to their church. And he said, he said that when she came to their church, of course she had some developmental disabilities and, and these different things. I don't know what was all wrong with her. But, but he talked about her being 18 years of age and she'd just crawl around on the floor. But he said that that mother just kept bringing that child and setting her up under the word. And one day, and the, and the scripture that I declare that I'm, I'm, I'm going to declare over your families and specifically to certain circumstances is the book of Psalms where it says the law, Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7, I believe it is. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect. The King James says converting, it's the word restoring. And when I, when I studied that out, it means it brings it back to the original. And the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. So the way God meant for it to be is what the Word will take it back to. I believe God. I believe that. And so as we're closing, so as we move forward, moving into the the months and the years ahead of us, we're going to do it even stronger. And, and I want you to, to hear me as, as I close here tonight. God will not let you fail. God will tell you what you need to do. There, there are people you're saying, well, you know, what if I make a mistake? Listen, God will tell you what to do. You've got to put your faith out there that God's going to... You are His sheep, is that right? And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. Put your faith in that. You know, right now, I'm believing God for a lot. And I say that for one reason. It's, it's the projects just get bigger. And you know, I was, I was talking to some, uh, a couple this afternoon. And you know, whenever you look at property, when you look at buildings, church buildings, whatever they are, here's what I've, I've learned. If you want a decent one, it comes with this number attached to it, million. (laughs) And you know what I've learned is that people in that industry, 
toss those words around like they're nothing. This beautiful property is only $4.8 million. Hallelujah. Now, here's, here's what I've learned. I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. Here's, here's what I've learned. Is that if you will hold the course, God will get you there. God won't let you fail. And you, you've got to determine that what God said to you is what's going to happen. Amen. When the Lord told me to step off into full-time ministry in February 22nd, 1999, he said that was the last day on your job, and he made me a promise. He said, and your family. He didn't just say for the interim. He said, your family will never lack, and they'll never want for anything, and you'll always have more than enough. Now, that was 23 years ago, and I can tell you that I've never lacked. God's always met the need. And right now, I'm living a dream. Because God won't let you down. There are people in here, God's told you to start a business. God's not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you fail. There are people that, that God's dealing with you to invest and to do different things. God's not going to let you fail. If God, tells you, if God tells you to do anything, He's not going to let you fail. It's He's not going to let you fail. I've learned that over the years. He will not let you fail. You will never make a move in God's will and end up hurting for it. Amen. Amen. So say that out loud. Say, I know my master's voice. I'm led by his voice. He will not let me fail. He will always lead me into victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's stand up, shall we? Remember the scripture says, Now thanks be unto God that always causes us to triumph.